0: So, I'm going to start today uh, with a story about uh, a time when I embarrassed myself. Uh, about 20 years ago, I, I used to uh, do a thing with my, my family and friends. We'd go to a lot of black powder shoots, black powder rendezvous, where we'd show up at, uh, you know, generally for a weekend for us, somewhere in, in the mountains or uh, on someone's property. And, you know, we'd sleep in, in tents and, and dress up in, um, you know, older type clothing. You can see here, this is me and my wife and my daughter Jessica, who's 19 now. So you can see that this was a while ago. Um, these were a lot of fun. My, my uncle got us introduced to it. Uh, my dad still really likes to go to them. Um, we've got a lot of friends that do. Uh, what those weekends consisted of was um, you know showing up on Friday, and we'd have a lot of competitions throughout the weekend. Uh, a lot of it related to black powder rifle shooting, you know shooting different targets and, and keeping score, black powder pistols. Um, we also had knives and tomahawks that we'd throw and stick into blocks. Um, and, and, and it was a lot of fun, I really enjoyed doing it with my friends. And then we came to one rendezvous, and like I say, it was about 20 years ago, almost, um, out in Marion, Montana. And it's west of Kalispell where I grew up, so I, I knew quite a few people that were there. And we uh, showed up, and we're going through and having a great time that weekend. Uh, you know, in the evenings, there, a lot of times there's a campfire, people with guitars um, playing songs, singing, re- reciting poetry. It's, it's just a really a great, a great time. But they had a new contest, and this was cooking a pancake. And so the idea was we all, you know, we, anybody that wanted to participate, pick a partner, pick a teammate. And the goal was to use a flint and steel to start a fire and then, you know, make a, mix up some pancake batter and make a pancake. seems pretty simple, right, as far as the pancake part of it goes. That was my job. A friend of mine asked me to do it. And so he was going to start the fire, and then we were going to make a pancake. So I was all ready to go, they said go, and I had a cup of, with a little bit of uh, pancake mix, and I had a cup full of water. And in, in my nervousness and my excitement, or whatever it was, I dumped the whole cup of water into the little bit of pancake mix. <laughs> so I had some kind of like slightly thick water, right? And he, got, he was getting the fire going, and I was panicking, because I was trying to figure out how can, how can I unseparate these two. I don't think you can. And we ended up losing, and I was embarrassed. Uh, I, I was really embarrassed. Um, I couldn't believe that I'd mi- messed up the mixing-the-pancake batter. Just a little bit of water would have been good. And I don't remember how it exactly played out, but at that point, someone said, hey, I think the losing team should do all the dishes. And I was embarrassed, and all I wanted to do was get out of there. And so I don't remember if I responded or if I just left, but either way, I took off. And as I was walking away, I, I was thinking, I, you know, i like to help out. I want, I, you know, Normally, like just helping out with the dishes, i just do it anyways. But my, my embarrassment led me to just, i got to get out of there. And the really unfortunate thing that happened after that, is anytime uh, we had a, an opportunity to go to a rendezvous after that, that was the thought that came up in my head. My embarrassment around leaving the dishes. and So, you know, th- there's usually several of them throughout the summer, and I would come up with uh, lots of reasons why, you know, I couldn't go. But but I really think that that was a big part of it. A, a big part of it is I, I let my my embarrassment and my shame and my thoughts around that keep me away from doing stuff with my friends and family. Um, I have lots of stories like that. Lots of stories that where I've where I messed up and take those uh, thoughts and replay the, the events over and over in my head, create create stories around them, and and it's kept me from doing things. But not always, um, not always do those thoughts you know keep me from doing doing things. Lately, I've been working on uh, uh, paying attention to that, paying attention to what I'm thinking about the last few years. And recently, I've started th- thinking, like, I, I want to get back into shape, um, if my dad's watching, which I think he is. Uh, he's probably laughing about that, because I've, I've talked about that a lot. Um, I th- actually, this morning, he texted me and said uh, he was getting his snacks ready to watch for church this morning, so, <laughs> so that's pretty good. Uh, but i 've started really paying attention what, what are the thoughts that i 'm allowing into my head? What are the influences that are coming in uh, i 've started watching you know some different videos people that you know maybe have been through similar things, had some in, injuries that kept them from from doing things they got through it. Uh, uh, my daughter is back uh, home now and, and she 's been wanting to get up in the morning and, and do yoga, which is really good she 's really good at yoga i 'm not um, but but she encourages me to get up and do it anyways so that's an area you know, that we're paying attention to my thoughts and recognizing that my thoughts and my stories that I had around injuries and, and age and schedules and all of that maybe weren't serving me well. And, and finding new ways to find um, some new thoughts around that has been helpful. So I want to ask you, what, what are your thoughts? You know, when you, when you wake up in the morning, what, what's the first thing you're thinking about? When, uh, when, you're, when you're driving to work... Um, what, what thoughts are you having about the day, about upcoming meetings, about, you know, relationships? You know, it, it, when you're at work and you have time in between, um, you know, other, other obligations or driving home, when you're having dinner with your family, what, what are you thinking about? And I'd also like to ask, you know, like, what, how would you categorize those thoughts? I think one category that might, that might fit in there is, is, like, empowering thoughts, thoughts that we have that are, um, you know, give us courage uh, help us to make good decisions, bring peace into our lives. There, there's those kinds of thoughts. That if you're like me, not all the thoughts are that way, right? Um, maybe you have thoughts that, that are more limiting. Maybe you, there's things that you believe about yourself or about other people or about relationships that, that hold you back. Um, maybe, maybe you make up stories. Maybe you have interpretations. Have you ever, you know, been driving down the road and, and, and saw a driver that you didn't agree with how they were doing things and made up a whole story about what type of person they are. Yeah, I've, I've done that a few times. <laughs> or maybe at the, at, at the grocery store, walking through one of the aisles and see someone and read things into their face and create a whole story about why they don't like me. I've, I've done that quite a bit too. Or, or maybe your thoughts are around assumptions, that, that just because something happened before, it's going to always keep happening with that. Maybe you started a business, um, tried starting a business, and it didn't really work out. And so now the thought is, well, I'm not an entrepreneur. I, I, if I, I'm going to fail if I try and start a business. Or maybe, maybe with relationships that, you know, I've, I've tried relationships, they haven't worked out, they're not going to work out in the future. Um, there, there's lots of opportunities for those assumptions to get in the way. Or maybe your thoughts are around that, that inner voice, the inner voice that says, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not talented enough. I, for whatever, I am not enough. You know, that voice that it, it seems to largely be based on fear, of being afraid of things. Maybe that's where, where your thoughts are. Or there's another possibility too, and that's that, that you don't know what your thoughts are. Um, a lot of us in this society live in such busy li- lifestyles we don't take any time to be alone with our thoughts, to pay attention to what thoughts do I have? How is it impacting me? We're uh, going from thing, one thing to the next, always having a device in our hands, always having music playing. I know, um, you know, that, that there's, there's just lots of distractions in the world. So maybe there, maybe it's, it's that, not having an opportunity for, um, to, for listening to your thoughts. You know, okay, so... Adam challenged me not to use notes, but I've got to use a note here. <laughs> Sorry. So, I, I'd like to ask you, you know, how well are your thoughts serving you? Uh, are, are the thoughts you have and the, what, the actions that it's leading to, are you, are you good with it? Is it how you want it to be? Is it how you believe it should be? You know, a lot of my thoughts around church have changed dramatically in the last couple years. Um. I used to have some thoughts, you know, different churches I've been to. I felt like so much of it was just about check boxes. You know, like, I went to church. Check the box. I went to church this week or this month or this year even. You know, there's been times when it's, it's been very sporadic. Or, or maybe it's around things like some of the traditions and, and, and liturgies that churches have. Like, oh, we all, all said the Lord's Prayer together. Check that box. You know, we did it this week, so we're, we're done. I've had views around uh, Things like the creeds, like the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, where it's, I didn't really understand, like, why are we doing this? Like, we do this every week. We did it last week, we're going to do it next week. We can just kind of figure this out, like checking the box again. I had views around things like Advent, like, and, and growing up, I knew about lighting the candles for Advent, but to me, it still was, was for, for a lot of of my life, was a check the box kind of thing. Uh, you know, we're coming up to Lent here pretty soon. That was another one. I I, used, I had a view of Lent that it was for people who wanted to give up something just so they could tell me they were giving it up. You know, kind of like a CrossFit thing or something like that. Like, that, that was the purpose of it. Um, but, but, I, but I think I was missing out. I think I was missing out on a lot there. I think that it's, it's possible that these traditions and these, um, you know, the liturgies that we have, maybe they're not an end in themselves. That, the, the goal isn't to... Check the box and say, you know, hey, we we read the Lord's prayer together. Or maybe it's not, you know, we did the, this thing this week. I checked the box that I did it, but maybe it's more kind of a kind of like a means to an end. Uh, a lot of you know that I I coach youth baseball. I've been doing that for several years and really enjoy it. And and I see that happening with the kids. Um, you know, we're coming into our winter workouts right now, we're we're spending time indoors and and. And we, and we try to get creative on drills that we can do. You know, some of the drills we do, we are hitting one-handed off a tee or soft toss, you know, either the top hand or the bottom hand. We have some weird-shaped bats we use. Uh, sometimes we uh, work on fielding without a glove, you know, just bare-handing and working on things. Sometimes we put out cones and do some footwork drills. And sometimes we'll, we'll be doing a drill, and a kid will ask, like, why are we doing this? this, this doesn't, what does this have to do with baseball? And, and I think that that is, it relates to... how. Uh, a lot of these traditions is, you know, those aren't just an end of themselves. We're, we're not practicing so that if we forget our glove at home, we can then, we're, hey, we can still play. We forgot our glove, but we're ready for this. No, all of these drills and, and, and exercises that we're doing are to hopefully make us a better baseball player. So what if these traditions and, and liturgies are, are really more of like an on-ramp, a means to an end, like we can use these to learn how to be a better follower of Jesus? Maybe, maybe to help us with what's in our minds, and maybe to help us with what's also in our hearts. So how do we know, um, what, what can we do as far as, how do we know Like, what, what, is, what are our thoughts, and how is that impacting us? Uh, I think that there's lots of ways, but, but the first two that came to mind are, uh, is to look at the thoughts themselves, look at the thoughts and the influences for the thoughts. Um, in Philippians 4.8, it says, uh, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So what, how can we use that as a guide? Like, what are my thoughts? Do they fall under the, the true, the noble, the right, excellent, praiseworthy? Or are they something else? And what about the influences, you know, the things that we're allowing into our lives? What, how do they fall into that? And I think the next logical way to look at it is, well, we, ha- we can look at what's coming in, but we can also look at, like, what's, what's coming about from it. And in Galatians, that's where we learn about the fruits of the Spirit. And, uh, you know, Galatians uh, 5.23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control what so if you look at those first three fruits, the love, joy, and peace, as, as kind of what our thoughts are, what our heart is? You know, I think those three relate specifically, um, maybe, maybe more so than the others, around what's going on inside of us. And so, so looking at how our life is, it, it, do we have love, love, joy, and peace in our life? Or do we have anger and, and maybe even hatred? Do we have misery? Do we have discontent? Do we have anxiety coming up? What are the fruits that are showing up in our lives, in our relationships, in our jobs, uh, and, you know, just in, in our lives all together? I'm going to go to my notes one more time. I want to make sure I'm not forgetting anything. So as we look at, at, at what do we do with these thoughts— uh, you, you, a lot of you know that I, I have a little bit of a background in, in mindset coaching and, and helping people with, you know, w- with their mindset around things. And with that, I have you know, some, a lot of tools that I like to use and work with, with myself and with other people. And with your permission, I'd like to introduce you to one of them. Um, it's, I've, I've seen it documented several ways. Um, when I was talking to Hannah, Hannah about it, she'd seen it in a different format. But the easiest way for me to remember it is the point-far model. And go ahead and bring that one up. And really, what, what, what this is saying is that our, our programming, our beliefs, who we are, the programming leads to our thoughts. A friend of mine tells me that in, in AA, they have a saying that, that goes something like, you're not responsible for your first thought, but you are responsible for your second thoughts and third thoughts and the actions that you take after that. And that makes a lot of sense to me, and I think it's reflected in this model, that, that who we are currently, when something happens, we have a thought. And it's up to us to notice, is that thought what we want, or is it something that, that, that isn't, isn't helpful? Because that thought that we have is going to lead to our emotions, the emotions, the feelings that we have. Uh, you may have also heard that uh, logic makes you think, emotions make you act, right? So the emotions that we have lead into the actions that we take. Um, when a situation happens, we have a thought, causes a feeling or an emotion inside of us, we take an action. And then that action leads to a result. And that result is either going to change our programming, change how we view the world, or it's going to reinforce it. And for a lot of us, we've had a, a lot of the same thing going over and over. I spent a lot of my life not paying attention to my thoughts. And so that reinforcement got pretty darn strong. Uh, situations would happen, and I would respond the same way. Looking back at you know, my pancake story, how different would it have been had I noticed, like, wait a minute, every time I think about a rendezvous, my first thought is... I, how I, I left the group and didn't do the dishes and just walked away from everybody? What if I would have had a different thought that came up there about, like, yep, I really messed up there, but that's okay. Um, nobody really cares. We're going to go and, and have fun this weekend. What if I had some other thought? How many more weekends would have I enjoyed with my friends, my family? How many more opportunities would my kids have had uh, to go and do these things, do these events, to meet new people, uh, to get some different influences? I mean, it, it could have worked out pretty well, Right. So, um, sorry, this is what happens when I rush things and try to do it without any notes. I forget where I'm going. So I think, uh, I I, want to propose that maybe maybe paying attention to to your thoughts would be helpful. Pay attention to to the thoughts that you're having and, and 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 what you and if they're the ones that you want to have, I also have heard of a saying that says to be a participant and an observer in your life at the same time. Uh, I spent a lot of my life just being a participant, going through and whatever happened is what happened. It is what it is, kind of a thing. Um, but stepping back and 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 reflecting upon on um, how I responded to situations or how I acted or what um, has been helpful to me. So. One final story uh, that I want to hear is, if you've been around Narrate for a while, you know that this last year has been different, at least for me. I I think it has for most people. Um, And I honestly don't know how I would have viewed it five years ago, these differences. We've been going through Matthew, starting at Matthew 1, and uh, we're up to 14 now, Uh, chapter 14. uh, Just going through it, um, chapter by chapter, verse by verse each week. Five years ago i don't know how i would have responded to that i don't know if i would have said oh man this is boring like why there's the bible's so big why aren't we somewhere else why aren't we doing something different um but i but i can honestly say that i'm really grateful that we are going through it this way uh i i heard one time that uh it can be helpful to to read the gospels like they're a biography of jesus's life right a lot of us have read biographies of people um you know, maybe Steve Jobs or Warren Buffett or Oprah, someone like read, reading their biography to learn how did they live? What did they do? How did they get where they are right now? How did they get to um, become the people that they are? And in some cases, it's to see, like, what, what can I do to become more like them? Or maybe to become not like them? What do I need to watch out for? And I think that going through Matthew this way has, has been such a wonderful gift to, to look at how did Jesus live? How did he treat people? How, you know, we're not skipping over anything. I, I love that Adam has been sticking with, with that all the way through. What were his hobbies? What were his habits? You know, even, even to some extent, what did he think about? And how much of a priority did he put into paying attention to his thoughts? So I want to encourage you. I, I think we have some really great stuff coming up here at Narrate um, this, in the next few weeks and, and this summer. And, and my hope and prayer for myself and for all of you and, and all of you watching at home is, is that you, do we, do we take time to listen, we take time to pay attention, to be alone with our thoughts. And, and maybe, you know, the thoughts that we have, like, around some of this, that, that we're open to, to Jesus and, and what, maybe these, some, of, some of these traditions, um, some of these liturgies, how they can be an on-ramp to um, becoming a better follower of Jesus. So I'd like to ask the band to come back up, and then I'm going to pray, and then we will take communion after that, and the ushers can get ready for that as well. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this morning and all the, the people that are, are here to worship with us and people watching online, and I, I, I just want to ask that you, you, you make your presence known, your spirit known to all of us, and as, as it relates to our thoughts and to our hearts and to our minds, as to focus on what you want us to focus on. I just thank you for all the blessings that you've given us and, and uh, the opportunities that we have to, to worship together as a church, as a community, and really as a family. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Narrate Church, find us online at narratechurch.org or look us up on Facebook or Instagram.